G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, of course, it has been an historic week with the death of the dictator Fidel Castro, who ruled with an iron fist in the nation of Cuba. Bill Muhlenberg's been writing quite extensively about Fidel Castro this week as a significant historical figure and contrasting the ways that various people around the world, depending on their political ideological leaning, have actually spoken about Castro uh, because some have been singing his praise while others have perhaps more rightly been bringing out the devastation that he caused in so many people's lives as a result of his dictatorship. Bill Muhlenberg back with us again today. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, it is always important to be able to make an assessment of an historic leader like Fidel Castro. And you began to write about him earlier in the week when that news began to break. And there were some world leaders around the world uh, who were glowing in their praise of Castro. I guess that's probably part of the inspiration for you to take pen to paper and put down your thoughts. Yes, quite right. It's fairly typical, sadly, that uh, the more left, especially secular left you are, whether in the media or as a leader, politician, the more likely you're to go on in praise, uh, you know, a whole host of uh, pretty horrible dictators and thugs, to be honest, whether Castro or some of the communist leaders elsewhere, Mao, Stalin, and so on, Brezhnev, Khrushchev. We've had so many really quite horrible uh, tyrants who've been responsible for the death of, well, all up millions of people, millions of their own citizens, uh, torturing and imprisoning millions of their own country people. And yet, uh, sadly, we have some of the leftist leaders, whether uh, Trudeau in Canada or even our own Bill Shorten here, uh, waxing rather eloquent about how uh, something like Castro was some kind of, uh, you know, great leader in human rights and humanity when the, the, the truth is quite the opposite. Interestingly, seeing some of those images that you might have caught on your television screen and many listeners might have, uh, the very idea of people on the streets being asked about how they felt about the death of Fidel Castro in Cuba and people smiling almost in a celebratory way, uh, that is telling, isn't it? Well, exactly. Uh, in fact, if you look in Florida, where, of course, so many Cubans fled to, there's a large expat Cuban community, all up uh, over a hundred, one and a half million Cubans sought to flee communist Cuba. Many uh, drowned at sea. In fact, Castro ordered uh, the boats you know, or whatever rafts, whatever they had to make that trip across to America. He even ordered, uh, you know, even dropping heavy sandbags on them to collapse them and kill the men, women, and children 
trying to flee this communist dictatorship. But many did make it to Florida, as we say, over one and a half million. And yeah, same thing there. Uh, Joy and parades on the streets celebrating the death of this dictator. So that does indeed tell you what you need to know. The people who actually lived there and lived under this tyrant, they know how bad it is. And usually the ones singing the praises of these guys are those who've never lived there. You know, they just sit in the West and uh, believe whatever they want to believe, but those who've actually lived under such dictatorships, they know how bad it was, and many uh, risked everything to flee these places. And then there are the testimonies, uh, people who've Mm -hmm. written their own books about their experience under Castro and uh, those who were imprisoned, political prisoners, and uh, talking about the ways in which they were so devastated and uh, held behind bars uh, without any hope uh, in dreadful conditions. Yes, absolutely. Those are the stories we should be listening to, not the, uh, uh, well, the wacky leaders who are clueless uh, in the West and have no idea what kind of hell uh, Christians especially endured in communist China. I mean, Fidel was an atheist. He sought to purge the country of its Christianity, of its churches. He had uh, plenty of Christian leaders killed or tortured and imprisoned. Same whenever communism gets into power. The church is always the first to be targeted. So I remember back in 1986, a book appeared called Against All Hope by a Cuban Christian who had spent actually 22 years in the prisons of Castro, and I bought the book when it came out at the time. I read it and was, you know, absolutely shocked at the horror that he had to go through, the torture, uh, eight years in a little teeny cubicle with no light, no running water, no nothing, uh, all because he refused to recant his Christian faith and praise Fidel Castro. So I pulled that book off my shelves this week after he did Castro did uh, pass away, and I looked at it again, and I did write an article about it once more. It's just one of many uh, incredible stories of Christians who not only risked everything, but endured decades of horrific torture, horrific suffering, horrific evil, all because they wanted Jesus Christ to be Lord and not a atheist dictator like Castro. So yes, anybody who has any illusions about what communist countries are like, including Cuba, they need to read these shocking stories and just say, wow, praise God, I don't think I could go through that. I don't think I could stand so strong in my faith in the face of all that torture and abuse and misery. So that's that's the good news, that Christians did survive and some lived to tell their story. And, of course, for some years now, Fidel's brother Raoul has held the reins and perhaps just in the shadow of Fidel. Uh, I do note that President-elect Donald Trump has taken quite a cautious approach, expecting to see a whole lot more reform before there might be some uh, warmth in relations between the U.S. and Cuba. Any thoughts on, on, his, uh, on his motives in, in doing that? Yes, well, we've got uh, four players here, the two Cuban brothers and Obama and Trump. Of course, Obama, several years ago, uh, turned around longstanding U.S. Uh, foreign policy with Cuba and thawed relations and tried to make Castro a good buddy of America and tried to normalize relations. 
that's not what you should do with a communist dictatorship that kills its own people. And in fact, Castro was quite happy to kill millions of Americans. Remember the whole Cuban Missile Crisis of uh, 1962, just three years after he took power. Him and the Soviets were ready to go to war with America and kill millions. So no American president in his right mind should want to thaw relations with a country that's vowed to destroy you. So, yeah, at least Trump has said he will be certainly tougher and uh, unlike people like Trudeau and Obama and Shorten and others who, you know, again, praised this uh, tyrant, uh, Trump wasn't under any illusions about how bad he is. As to Raul, his uh, brother, uh, unfortunately, he's just as bad. Some say, in fact, might even be worse than Fidel in terms of, you know, being behind many of the executions and firing squads and just the the, the prison uh, prisoning uh, political prisoners and so on. So we don't really see things getting better under his brother. And until his brother dies or moves along, things could still be very, very tough indeed, certainly for Christians in Cuba. And at least Trump is a little bit more realistic than uh, somebody like Obama. At times like these, Bill, you like to pause and reflect and hopefully uh, land on something solid when it comes to the lessons that need Mm -hmm. to be learned from the past, when you have the passing of a leader like Fidel Castro Mm -hmm. and the issues of socialism and uh, some would say the more militant form of socialism called communism. Well, these things are not dead. They continue to hold people in levels of bondage that uh, the Christian side of things says uh, there can be freedom from those things. Mm -hmm. When you reflect on socialism, communism, are there lessons to be learned about what we're seeing from Fidel Castro? Well, absolutely. Um, Just as we saw Russia and Eastern Europe go from being fairly prosperous and free nations to be uh, impoverished, uh, political hellholes really under the communists, the same here. Cuba prior to Castro was a fairly well-off nation and people did pretty well. But since the communists came to power, uh, the standard of living has plunged. Uh, Most people are living in poverty. Of course, there's two other classes besides the normal Cuban. There's the tourists who come in and see exactly what the communists want you to see. And then there's the communist leadership. They live very well indeed. In fact, Castro had all kinds of mansions. He had a series of mistresses. He lived very well. Thank you very much. But the common person uh, live very poorly, and that is always the track record of uh, socialism, sadly. Even with their much-vaunted so-called free health care, most patients, if they can even get into a hospital, have to bring their own sheets, their own medicine. I mean, this is nothing to get excited about. It's It's a place of misery and poverty for the masses, and that is always what happens when you uh, take away private property, take away the means to produce wealth so that everybody can benefit. Certainly the free market is not perfect, but compared to what we see happening over and over again when socialists take power, uh, everybody suffers except the leaders in those kind of countries. So we should be learning the lessons, but often we fail to do so. Bill, I was just reflecting with someone else earlier this week about the idea of uh, always speaking well of the dead. Mm. And as a Christian, uh, when you come to the Scriptures and you say, well, 
how am I supposed to speak well? Isn't that a very Christian thing to do as, uh, well, you know, an evil dictator may have passed, but why don't we come up with some good things to say? Uh, is there any insight uh, that you can share with us about a biblical foundation of how we ought to be assessing and speaking of uh, those who have perhaps uh, in the minds of so many and with the evidence so strong uh, have actually been tyrants? Yeah, well, this is uh, it's a good point, and it happens quite often when we had Saddam uh, perishing, Osama bin Laden, the same now with Castro. You get some Christians saying, oh, you can't say anything negative, and this is no reason to gloat or celebrate. Well, I simply tell them to start reading their Bible. There are, in fact, hundreds of passages in which uh, Christians or believers are told to celebrate, to rejoice when evil is uh, restrained when the enemies of God are uh, uh, put down. Uh, it's, it runs throughout the Bible. Simply go back to Exodus when Pharaoh and his armies were swept under the waves of the Red Sea. There's a whole song of praise and worship to Yahweh uh, celebrating the death of Pharaoh and you know the enemies of Israel. David, when he overcame his enemies, sang praises and worship to God. Read the book of Revelation, if you think that's all Old Testament. There, like in Revelation 18, when the enemies of God are defeated, uh, spontaneous praise and worship erupts in the heavenlies and goes on and on. So there actually is a place for those who don't repent, for those who keep shaking their fists at God and refuse to bow the knee. Sure, we pray for all to come to Christ. We hope all surrender and become Christians, but not all do. Many continue to shake the fist. Many hate God. And the Bible is full of uh, passages saying, well, when God's enemies are overcome and evil is defeated, that is actually a place for rejoicing for the Son of God. It's good to side with God against his enemies. We don't wish uh, evil on them, but if they refuse to repent, refuse to bow the knee, well, then we rejoice with God that just justice has taken place. Well, Bill, I'll point people to a number of articles that you've written this week all about Fidel Castro and Cuba. One of those entitled Castro and the Death of Tyrants, another one called Cuba, Castro, and Socialism's Useful Idiots, and Faith and Freedom versus Communist Cuba. And listeners can find those articles at com or simply Google Culture Watch. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Many thanks again. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.